This is Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? Hey, welcome to Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? I'm Molly Stillman, and this is a podcast where each week we have different, raw, funny, often brutally honest conversations about the things that matter most faith, business, life, and everything in between, where we each learn how to be good stewards of the things we've been entrusted with, even our stories, and how we can use those things to serve others and leave our families, our friendships, and our communities a little better than we found them. I want to create a space where people are unafraid to be themselves and unafraid to ask the questions the rest of us are thinking. My goal is to make you laugh, cry, and laugh till you cry. My guest this week is Krista Hardin. Krista has counseled and coached couples all over the globe for two decades. She is the founder of Reflections Counseling Center and hosts the very popular Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, which has over a million downloads. And she has helped thousands of couples find refreshment, joy, balance, and connection together. Christy uses the Enneagram and other research-based marriage tools to give couples deeper insight into their strengths and shadows and to help them determine how they can shine brightest in the world together. Her new book is releasing this month and it is called The Enneagram in Marriage, Your Guide to Thriving Together in Your Unique Pairing. Oh, this episode was so much fun. And let me just say right off the bat, I believe whether you are married, engaged, single, or divorced, you are going to get something out of this conversation. Because at the end of the day, while we are talking about the Enneagram in marriage, really what this conversation was about was how our unique personality types and how God wired us and designed us, how we are able to communicate in relationships This was so rich. I loved talking with Krista. I got a lot out of it and I know you will too. So tune in, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Krista Hardin. I'm really excited about today's episode. Welcome Krista to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. This is so exciting. I am so excited because I love talking about marriage. I love talking about the Enneagram. And today we get to talk the Enneagram and marriage. So we're talking about two of my favorite things to talk about in one episode. You know, it could it could even get spicy in here. We don't know. We don't know. Anything is possible, Krista. <laughs> Ooh, this is very exciting for me. I love that. You just awakened my soul. You just never know. You never know. Um, All right. Well, so we are going to dive into a really fun topic today. Again, um, you have a book coming out in October called The Enneagram in Marriage, Your Guide to Thriving Together in Your Unique Pairing. One, congratulations on the book, baby. Um, And so we're just going to say right off the bat, I'm going to throw it out there. For the, for the listeners, you know what I'm about to say. You should go pre-order this. If this is a topic <laughs> that is interesting to you, then you should also, you should just order the book. Um, but we're going to, we're going to scratch the surface and the book is going to be like the, the, you know, the, gla- like we yeah. are a glacier. Okay. And so what you see above the surface is this conversation, but the book is everything under the water. Is that a great analogy or what? 
That is a great analogy. <laughs> Going to borrow it will give you credit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just thought about that right here on the spot. Anyway, let's have you dive in and give us the Krista 101. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Thank you, Molly. You are so much fun. (laughs) I know your audience knows this already, and I have enjoyed listening to you, and congrats on your book ahead. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I definitely did expect to work with couples from a very young age, so I actually got started working with couples unofficially with my parents' marriage. Really? Yes, I've had therapy, (laughs) but I used to pass notes under the door of their bedroom and be like, what do you think about what she said? What do you think? And then my dad was like, she's going to be a lawyer one day. And my brother's a lawyer, but I always knew I was called to help balance couples out because of course, A, I lived there. I liked the results, but B, I also came to discover like everyone had a good perspective. So I ended up getting my bachelor's and master's in psychology and communications. And now I have a podcast. I love the Enneagram. So I incorporated that into my couple's work. And I've been doing this work for about two decades and mm. married to my husband, Wes, for over two decades. And we have three kids, Hannah, Melody, and Jack, our dog, Oreo, who's sort of crazy. We love him. And this is our life here in Florida, where I just get to do this thing that I love and am passionate to do. Okay. I love that you counseled your parents. I have honestly (laughs) some logistical questions. Um, Like (laughs) what... And honestly, the chutzpah you had to like slide a note under your parents' door to be like, you know what? I really think you should consider the other perspective. Um, (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Can you just tell me like, what was your parents' reaction to that? And did they actually heed your advice? (laughs) (laughs) You know, okay, here we have to place what was happening in my parents' life. I'm their fourth of four children. Okay. They were exhausted. They were like, we'll take whatever help we can get. Throw us a bone. We had your sister and brother and other sister like 10 years before you, like, what have you got? And so like, that's probably where they were coming from. Amazing. And I remember just being like, like not content to have the disharmony in the home and just the sense of like, if I don't do something, nobody's going to. And sometimes there were extreme tempers. So I had that motivation that I was like, I need the peace. I like the peace. I'm a type seven, but I have a type nine in my tri-type. And so there's this part of me that really enjoys everybody being happy. And so that was sort of my internal. And then I think, like I said, they just exploited it a little because they're like, we're tired. Like, what have you got? Right, <laughs> so, right. so we all work together. Um, but sometimes I would be a little annoyed, like, oh, like, why does my mom need my support? Or, you know, why does my dad not do this without me? Mm. And they did. They were best friends till the very end. They both passed away, but they Mm. were married for well over 40 years. And they uh, always saw themselves as the Heathcliff and Catherine of Wuthering Heights. So they knew their marriage was stormy. They were a notebook couple and they were just, I mean, when my mom died, my dad did the Adams family thing at her funeral. And he was like, mon cher, like this huge drama. And so I I also knew I was from a very dramatic family, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the daughter of two recovering alcoholic Irish Catholics. So we know drama in the Buckley household. Oh. Yeah. So and also hilarity. 
Um, if you yes. know what I mean, like lots of yes, humor, lots of humor, big feelings, loud laughs. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely know that. Okay. So I know, like, I love when I see and hear these stories of people who knew at an early age, what God was calling them to do. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting to see how you from a very early age were bold in really embracing and stepping into God's super unique calling on your life. Where did the Enneagram piece come in? Mm, Such a good question. Um, And I do love how God has been there through it all, even before I knew he was there. And the Enneagram really came in about eight years back. I was hanging out with a good therapist friend. We both went to Wheaton College together and we were Mm. meeting uh, Marco Island, Florida while she and her family were vacationing. And I was like, hey girl, what's up? And she's like, hey, have you heard of the Enneagram? Well, I had taken a test and I had done a lot of assessments. At, At one point I was a master's level psychologist in the state of Michigan. So I was very used to huge thousands of dollars assessments with lots of batteries. And it was something I embraced because I love writing, but I also was like, oh, wow, if I take on another huge assessment, it's going to be a lot of hours and a lot of time. And I'm still not going to get super close potentially, even though I felt I was pretty good at it. I was like, it's really hard to nail things out across six or seven inventories. Right. So when she told me about the Enneagram, I know she's a type four for those who know fours are very uh, people of depth and creativity. And I said, I'm going to give it another look because you said to, I thought it was just sort of high level work. Like, I, and when I say high, I mean like basic, almost like, like high up, not deep. And so uh, when I gave it the second look, I haven't looked back mm. because I found such a great piece of marriage depth. And I don't use those assessments anymore. I feel like the Enneagram has done a good job of replacing it because it has what all of the other inventories have. Plus it goes as deep as you'd like it to go. Right. Um, And then I also have enjoyed just really using it with my clients in marriage. So that was the other piece that Wes and I had been married for about 13 years already. And we were feeling like we were doing pretty okay because of my field and because we had our faith, but we were sort of treading water maritally. Like we had Mm. our dates and our little vacays, but you know, it was really costing us to not have as much compassion for each other. And so when we started to learn the Enneagram, as many of you probably know, we developed a new compassion for each other's depths and reasons for why we behave the way we do. Mm. And that really helped. And then I brought it to my first couple, which was a nine, three couple, and they were going through something huge and it helped them so much. So that's why I haven't looked back is it's been very practical, but I also understand because I was one of those people who just looked at it on a very upper level. Like this is just a fun little test at first kind of a way. So interesting. Okay. So I, I love, of the way that you put this in perspective. And this is, uh, as far as how we relate to others is a newer, my brain is having, it's a newer thing my brain is wrapping around. Um, And actually it's thanks to a guy by the name of Jesse Eubanks. I don't know if you know Jesse in the Enneagram world. And he came out with a book in January, I want to say. He was, um, if you're on the, if you listen to the podcast, y'all can go back and listen to my episode with with Jesse from January of this year. And we were talking about his book called How We Relate. And it is how different Enneagram numbers relate to each other. And it was the first time I had ever 
really begun to think about, oh, yeah, how different personality types. And yeah, again, I mean, I think we I love personality assessments and I understand I'm just going to call call it out. I understand that there are people that find the Enneagram very controversial. I'm all about it's a tool. It is not like it is not a religion. It's not a cult. It's not an end all be all thing. It is a tool to understand each other and how God uniquely created us. And anyway, Jesse's book had really kind of cracked that door open for me. Because before that, I really just saw the Enneagram as a tool to better understand myself. But one of the things that Jesse has done really well and that you do so well in this book is using it as a tool to think about how you actually, how you relate to others, but how you actually have a healthier relationship with other people, not even just in the context of marriage. So when did that light bulb really go off for you and how you begun to make that connection? Mm, Wow, that's a great question. Thank you for understanding. It is just a tool, but because it's a tool of depth, it has this robustness to it. So I love that you get that, that, you know, all tools that can bring order to a relationship can be helpful despite their origins, especially because, uh, you know, everything, math, numbers, words. We have so many crazy origins in our life. So I really appreciate that we have all kinds of good tools, Enneagram being one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, It really started to hit me when we noticed, especially as a practice, I have other coaches and counselors that work under me in my practice locally, as well as globally. And I noticed that working with a number of, say, this personality along with this personality, like type twos with fives. And maybe that week I had like three or four different two five couples. Mm. And I would see these threads of commonalities in these unique strands that they shared that other couples didn't share. And then I also began to notice that they had a certain light about them that was unique because of their pairing. So mm. for instance, twos are very loving and caring and giving in the communities. And, and yeah, I'm a two. two. I'm a two. Yeah. And, oh, look at you here. This is the perfect fit for you. To be- <laughs> and then fives are often reserved, but very caring and helpful in their reserved ways. And I would see that over time, they were learning with health to cross those boundaries in healthy ways to be able to notice these twos were able to sit back, read a book, feel permission, know that they were still loved, even if they weren't giving in that moment, to walk with these introverted fives to be able to see, you know what, I am allowed to put myself out there and there's synergy in giving together. And all of the different pairings started to just show up in multiple times in ways to where I realized there's a lot of giftedness here that people need to show forth more versus just general marriage tools that I was using before. Mm. And um, I just think that nuance matters. A lot of the marriage research out there tells us that when you start to nuance who you are as a couple and who you're, you, you know, what your unique gift is, we could say light, we could say gift, you shine brighter for Christ. Uh, and even if you're not a person of faith, you shine brighter in the world when your gifts are in harmony together. So mm-hmm. that was what really helped to keep me uh, just using this tool is just to see not only the compassion we started to develop for each other when we learned that there were differences, but also the fact that we had a certain shine together as this pairing that just really made me happy. I really love that perspective. So as mm-hmm. you begun to uncover this and in your natural innate desire and gifting to help couples specifically, 
What were some of the things early on you began to really dig into to think about, okay, if I am counseling a couple or if I'm working with a couple, how can Mm -hmm. I, in a loving and also sometimes firm way, help them see who they are as individuals, but then who they are as a couple and how those, how their unique personality types, their unique numbers can actually benefit each other? Um, What was that? I mean, I just am so fascinated by how you began to even uncover that, study it. I I don't even know. Oh, oh my gosh. Such a fun question. Well, I first really like to start with people in a compassionate space as a helper. I honestly, after this many years of study, including, you know, early days of behavioralism and having to do rats in the rat lab, ew, gross. Um, I just (laughs) really learned like, no, we don't just, you know, want this reward, this little, uh, you know, pellet. We, we are humans. We have this prefrontal cortex. We have this Imago Dei, this part of us that longs to be good. Uh, truly good, but we don't often know how to get there together. And so helping everybody to become more compassionate towards themselves and each other is really where I still like to start and where I began to start when I learned why people did the things they did. Mm. First and foremost, we all have a sin nature. So I get it that like, whether you're going to call it a sin or vice, everybody has something that they struggle with. But why do we especially struggle with this pet sin? Why do we struggle with this pet passion or vice? And we can use any of those terms. Mm. Um, They mean the same thing. We do wrong things. We err. It's because often we have this part of us that's looking for something that felt like an unmet need. Um, And so we might feel we were never heard or rarely heard. We might feel that we weren't safe and it might even be true or true to a small degree. And so when spouses can learn what is their type, you know, what each of them brings as a gift, that's great. But also why do I act out the way I act out? It gives people a lens to discover my spouse is not a villain and I'm not the hero, but we're both very loving to one another. And it's just that we're being misunderstood. And that just already disarms people because everybody has this fundamental attribution error in their marriage where they think I'm a little bit better. I'm a little bit healthier. I mean, I still have it to this day and I could almost guarantee, well, my husband's so sweet at this point, he's probably like, no, you're better. But like we, we shift back and forth. Sometimes we feel the other person's better and it's us, but usually most people land at I'm a little bit healthier. And I think that that's because, like I said, that's the human error. But when we start to go, oh, but my spouse, even if I feel I'm a little healthier or they are, at least when I look at their Enneagram type and I see Wes as a one, I know that he longs to be good and right. And he feels that if he's not right, he's bad or wrong. Mm. And that helps me if we're having a discussion and he can't seem to come around to any kind of gray area or understand that we each have a perspective, I can hold my own boundaries with him at the same time as holding compassion for him and say, okay, I'm starting to get it. You weren't given this permission generationally. And then I will say with that, um, we don't just go one generation back. We go hundreds, maybe thousands of generations back of people. So we're calling ourselves to a big task and we need a lot of compassion for that. Okay. I Uh, Yeah, I find this so fascinating. So for some context here, I, yeah, as I mentioned, I am a two and my husband is an eight. And when I always say that my husband's an eight, I'm like, he's an eight wing eight. Like, I'm like, I don't think he has a seven or nine wing. Like, I think he's just a hundred percent eight. Um, And and I say that in like the best way. I also say that he's like a very healthy eight. So if for people that, you know, aren't familiar with the Enneagram. You know what? Actually, 
real quick, I want to back way up. I understand that for people that have listened to the Jesse Eubanks episode, you're going to know this. So you can skip forward like 60 seconds in this conversation. But I would love for you to real quick, give us the high, high level. What are the nine types for people who might not be familiar? And maybe this is their first podcast they've listened to. And they're like, you're saying a bunch of numbers and I don't know what any of it means. Yes. Okay. So the Enneagram is a system for typing personalities. We use numbers, not in a numerology sort of way, but just as an ordering way. The type one is perfectionistic, often feels that they might not be right or good, but hopes to be. Type two is a giver, a helper, doesn't want to be covered in shame if they're not giving. Type three is also a heart type like two and wants to be giving and loving, but they usually do it in a performative way. Type four is often very artistic, creative, and likes to go to the depths with people, also very heart oriented. Type fives are are people who are investigative, research-oriented. They really are thinkers at the heart and worried about not being competent. Type sixes have just a lot of fears in general and can deal with cowardice, but on the great high level, they are so intelligent and analytical and healthily skeptical and also very loyal. Type sevens are enthusiastic and joyful and optimistic at their best, and they also struggle with feeling like they have to do it all alone and wear carry a lot of plates. Type eights are very protective and defenders toward their people And yet at times they can feel very unable to be or unwilling to be vulnerable because they've been hurt very badly in the past and it stings. Mm -hmm. And then type nines really long to be heard, long to be loved, love to see every perspective, great mediators, peacemakers, but because they feel unheard can go back down into sloth a lot. So maybe Mm -hmm. you heard yourself somewhere in there or even maybe you identified with a couple of those types. Oh, that's so good. Yes, that's the perfect 60 seconds uh, just overview. Yes. So and if um, and I've actually even had a if so if this is a topic just for listeners if you if this is a topic that you're interested in um I'll make sure to include the links to the, these past shows in the show notes but um, I've got a conversation with uh, with Jesse Eubanks I also have had Ian Morgan Cron on the show who's like the Enneagram I don't even know how you would describe like he's he's not the godfather of the Enneagram but maybe like the modern yeah, day godfather I would say that's maybe. a great term because Suzanne Stabile is the godmother and like they the gave godmother us the road yeah together. yes exactly exactly so if you're looking to dive deeper into that. I'll make sure to have those resources in the show notes. But okay. So now that we've we've given that kind of foundation there, you know, I am a two, my husband is an eight. And when I learned that, it really opened up to help me better understand him and understand where he was coming from. And it's really interesting. And I would be, I don't know, I, I would be curious to to know your thoughts on this is we have always, I mean, so we've been together 13 years. We've been married for 11 and a half. And I can honestly say, this is not like, I'm not, you know, just making this up. I can honestly say that we've had very little severe conflict in our marriage. Um, I can't even really think of like, maybe on less than, you know, five times in our entire marriage where we've had what I would even deem a fight. We certainly have disagreements. We certainly have times where we probably get on each other's nerves, but we've never ever in the history of our relationship really ever raised our voice at one another or, um, you know, it's just usually where, uh, John would say this. So I can, I have permission where he'd be, he's like, I probably said something stupid and pissed her off. And then she walked out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and then certainly I've had my moments as well, but it was interesting because for a while, like I remember when we first got married, you know, people would always say things like, 
like multiple, this happened a lot where people would say things like, oh, well, you just wait. First year marriage is the hardest. And it just kind of was always like off-putting to me. And the first year of marriage, like, again, sure, we were learning how to live together and we were learning all those things, but it was pretty fun and pretty great. And then people were like, oh, well, it's really the second year of marriage. (laughs) And And then the second year of marriage came and second year of marriage was pretty great and fun and kind of so on and so forth where for years we were getting this like, oh, well, you just wait. The seven year itch is going to come. Seven year itch never came. And we, we started to really dig into what do we think it is that in our marriage that it's not that it doesn't take work. It's not that it's not hard. It's not, again, that we've had our ups and downs and our, our, you know, our times where we're doing really well or, or we're maybe a little bit more distant, but we really, it, it boiled down to, we communicate really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't let things fester really at all. We just naturally just get it out there. And I think that that part of that really has to do with our personality types and when we are in like a, a healthy place, to be honest. Anyway, so I, I just, I say all that because I think... Um, when we did begin to dig into, we both um, had read The Road Back to You. And I was reading a lot about eights and trying to understand where they come from. And he was reading about twos and trying to understand where where you know we come from. And it just, it helped us navigate when there was conflict or there was a disagreement. It helped us navigate that in a really, I feel like a healthy way. So um, I, I say that foundation to, to then ask this is, if somebody is new to this and um, they're really looking to begin to understand their spouse and maybe, yeah. you know, it could, could go one of two ways. Maybe the spouse is open to the idea of like digging into it together, or maybe mm-hmm. it's just one and the other's like, I'm not touching that number stuff. It's real confusing or whatever. Yeah. How, what are some practical things that you would suggest to somebody who is looking to do that? better understand themselves, their spouse, all of that. Mm. Oh, I love hearing about your story first. That's beautiful. And it just encourages me that as spouses are at the higher levels of whatever personality type they are, they're going to have such a more expansive view on just hearing and, and your audience just hearing you say, we began to seek out how to love each other. Like mm-hmm. that's a great place to start. Even if their spouse doesn't like the Enneagram, I often say if your spouse doesn't like the Enneagram first and foremost, other than just trying to be more expansive and considerate um, and compassionate in general as a human, it's really helpful to be able to start expressing some of the things you're learning about yourself. So that's always a great place to start no matter what is, oh, I'm learning about my personality type and this is something that you might not know about me when I get stressed or anxious or upset with you. Oftentimes it stems from me feeling like if I don't slow down or if I slow down, I won't be loved. Or if I'm not really adequate in the world, how could you ever love me? So I retreat. And so there's these little cues you can start giving to your spouse as you come to know your Mm -hmm. personality type in depth. And how do you know your personality time in depth. There's lots of ways, as you mentioned, there's a lot of great books out there like The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. I'm grateful that I have a book out that I put out for this very purpose because I actually have sections of the book designed for each type to figure out who they are. And if you love somebody of that type, I also have a part of the Mm. book where I talk about what that type looks like in marriage, particularly at high, moderate, and then distressed levels, 
And then I also have a part of the book that has the pairings themselves and a mini treatment plan for each pairing mm. at different seasons of their marriages, because you're a little bit of uh, a misnomer in a great way that you guys don't fall inside the bell curve of most couples after the first five years of marriage going down a little bit, just a little bit, and then a little bit more and a little bit more. And so when couples do find themselves in that space, I'm trying to help them right there so that they can lift back up. I also have a ton of free resources on my website, just very basic. What is the Enneagram? How can I use it? Also, another great place to start is with the triads. It's kind of just the, instead of separating out into nine types, as you know, it's learning uh, what are the head types, the heart types, and the body types. So at the very basic level, you could say to your spouse, you know what? I'm a head type and I get anxious. So can we take this a little slower? Mm. Or I'm a heart type and I need to process. I'm at that two, three, or four region. and I need to feel attention from you. Or I'm a body type like your husband in eight, nine, or one, and my husband's in there too. And I see the world first through right and wrongs and justice. And so just even having some very basic language can help you guys to maneuver that nobody's bad or wrong once again or villainized, but that we're just able to see the world through different lenses. And by looking at the way our spouse sees the world differently, we do become more expansive. And that's the beauty of what I was sharing that I get to see. And I call that your Enneagram glow, the way you guys shine together. Mm, That's so good. All right. So let's, I want to like, I don't know. I I don't know if you're open to this, but like, I would be interested to know, or maybe have you ask me questions um, about like when you're, when you're a couple and you're digging into like, if you, if you learn a couple is an eight and a two, for example, cause like on the spectrum, like we're, we're pretty different. Um, You know what I mean? Um, And so what are some of the first things like you, you begin to ask when you say like, all right, when you're meeting with a couple, whether they're in kind of maintenance mode, they're just going in Mm. to see you for a checkup or they're, they're in crisis. Yeah. So if I have an eight two couple and they've done their work to establish that they know those are their temperaments, I usually start out with something of what I mentioned in terms of the body triad for the eight and the heart triad for the two to where I would be able to say, you know, something I've noticed that I love about you guys is that one of you is super into right and wrong and uh, maybe more of a black and white thinker. And uh, the other one is very positive and bubbly, the two. And so I want to hear like, what does this look like at its best? And what does this look like when you guys feel like you're in the shadows? Yeah. And then I bet you can or could tell me some things about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just like as you're sitting there, it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's that's John Stillman. And then there's me being like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um. <laughs> Yeah. And what's really interesting is we've learned this even more so about ourselves in the last two years um, since we Mm -hmm. planted a church. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say church planting uh, in the Enneagram is like a whole, we could do a whole nother podcast on that Um, (laughs) because, you know, he is the the eight and he is the planner and he is the, it's going to go, it's going to be orderly and it's going to go the way it's going to go. And, and I'm over here like, Let's just all get along. And that is really challenging. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 so interesting at when you when you really begin to understand, you know, those things. But what but what I will say is um, so, you know, for, for people that don't know, like we, you know, we've been a part of a church plant for the last two years. We are not the pastors, but we were one of the founding families of this church. And um, so, you know, we're very heavily involved in the day-to-day mm-hmm. of the the church plant. And 
I've been so thankful for how I've really been able to see, we have really been able to see the body of Christ at work in Mm. that we are like, we are just so God is just really placing unique people with the unique skill sets in the unique position um, for such a time as this. And it's just really fascinating. And you see how a lot of the people who serve each and every week, like uh, my best friend, who's our worship coordinator, like she's also a two and just has fallen mm-hmm. into that position of really serving and loving on people. Um, the the awesome guy who who is our pastor, he's a three and like really can love on people, but he's also very like he's leadership oriented. Um, but then you have my husband who's kind of this, um, in a lot of ways has been behind the scenes. He's also, I mean, he also preaches from time to time, but like he is the eight. And so he is the one that's going to be like, we've sometimes we have to take emotion out of it and we have to just make a decision. Or, you know, if sometimes like a really hard decision has to be made, he's going to, I'll just be like, that's you, John Stillman, all yeah, you. I'm going to be that. over here. I'm going to go over <laughs> to this direction. You know what I mean? Um, so it's really yep. fascinating to see how. And then our, uh, this is, you'll also love this. So our kind of um, essentially our finance person, she does the, you know, the books and all of the, like the, the financial day-to-day stuff for the church. She's a six. Um, She's an accountant. So of course, like there is no funny business going on with the church accountant. Like there is no funny business going on with the church money. Like she is every receipt. Um, Yeah. She's planning for worst case scenario. But I always think about how like, I'm like, how cool is it that God put those unique gifts and those, and what some people could see as a, you know, what we could see as a negative characteristic mm. is actually such a gift to yeah. the body of Christ. And, you know, in our marriage, like I think a lot about like if if John and I were both eights, yeah, I mean, yeah. we would probably be a whole lot more combative. And so in some ways, his eightness has helped me to be a little bit more confident and stand up for myself when I need to. And my mm-hmm. two-ness has mm-hmm. helped him to be, I've, I've there've been times where I'm like, John Stillman, you can't say that. Like we need to be, a yeah. little bit more. we don't, Aww. those are inside thoughts. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh, I love that. I love that you get to practice this. As you said, a group, uh, you're really learning that. I think the more expansive companies, churches uh, really do have a body of Christ in there or a body of different temperaments, because I think the more people you have across the board, your your whole you know, product, your whole vision, your outreach, your ministry, it's going to be better because, you know, not just because many hands make light work, but because all these different gifts support so uniquely. Mm -hmm. And I love how you're telling us about the way you've had your glow up together, that you've helped him to really have more compassion and to be able to stop for a bit and just see around him the heart's And that he's been able to say to you sometimes, you know, and everybody, hey, let's get moving. We need to move ahead. And there's so many pieces of each type that we could go into depth with as to why they do that. But what's really beautiful is just to see it in action more than the why. And I love that you guys have that and that you're finding this gift in all the temperaments. That's just beautiful. I also thought at the beginning when I first met you, I wonder, I see her energy. She's very strong. And I could see the eight over you in that way. 
today. Like I was mm. like, I wonder if she's got some eight and it helps me to see, oh, cause her husband's an eight. So there is some eight overlay. He's affected mm. you over the years. You mm. guys are probably, if somebody met him, they'd be like, he's got such a huge heart of love mm. as a, you know, and they might even mistake him for a two. Also there's, if people get into the Enneagram, there's arrows to two and eight that are together, but yeah, I just thought that's so cool. Yeah. Well, that is really interesting. And I, I've never would have, uh, would have thought that before. Okay, so I know that we would not have nearly enough time to be able to do this, but I would love for you to give, maybe you can give some generic examples, but you can, you know, rename couples you've actually worked with. Give some examples of some different types that are married to each other and how those types work together. Because I think it could be helpful for people that are listening. They're like, oh, my husband and I are a six and a one or a nine and a four or whatever. I would be really interested in how some of the types work well together in marriage. Yeah, I love that question. Each one does. There's 45 possible pairings. Each right. one does have a very particular look to them. I'm going to give you a common one I see, uh, one three. That is a very common pairing. It's a very busy pairing because ones are doers. And as you mentioned with the pastor at your church, the threes also get things done. They're both part of a logical part of the Enneagram where they're just kind of going to talk through an argument with like, let's make some plans. Let's make some strategies. Let's do this. Uh, the one is going to be a little bit more aware of like, what are the feelings around me and making sure that I take care of everybody ones, as you guys heard me say, are perfectionists and want to do things right. And the three is more, let's move ahead. Let's move forward. Let's be loving and generous, but let's get the goals done. So sometimes that three in the marriage can cut corners a little bit, which can really irritate a one who wants every little thing in place, Mm -hmm. whatever their focus is. It might not be the house. It might be the ministry or uh, something else completely, but it's got to be detailed and almost perfect. And the three is like, I want to make it beautiful and excellent, Mm -hmm. but I want to move more quickly. And so what you find with this pairing in marriage is they're doing awesome things in the world. As you heard, I said, excellent and near perfect. Like these people are killing it out there. But often at home, there's very little between them because there's this animosity of, like I said, that one's got the resentment going and the three is also a heart type. So they're like deep down, I just want to be loved for who I am. I want the attention and the one is off doing busy things in order to be right. So you can hear how they could go off track and not have much time together. So for this pairing, when I see them, one of the first lines of action for them is to really regain about six hours a week, minimally of quality time, just the two of them not planning anything, not doing anything just reconnecting in the heart space. And also, of course, the one can also help them to the three to be a little bit healthier for ethics and morals because ones are all about that. Um, So they do help one another in their depths. Another common pairing I see a lot is eight, nine. Um, That's maybe the most common pairing in the world. Wow. Um, We don't know, but that's the one that seems to buy most of my pairing guides and the one that Trudy Psychometrics, whom I work with, and they've tested thousands. They see a lot of eights and nines. And I think it's because there's more of them in the world, actually. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So they pair up, but they're both of this justice type. So sometimes there's a very strong sense of justice between them. Also ones and nines are like that. Um, And so it's like when you get two justice types together, or you even mentioned another two parts, uh, you mentioned two eights together, you see people who are very similar, whether they're head types, heart types, or these gut slash body types. They're like, oh my gosh, I feel so strongly. And yet I feel differently than you about this. So even within that, there's a difference. And yet the good part is that they have some similarities where they're like, 
Usually you might find a sibling or a parent where you're like, oh, we butt heads. Mm. But if you're paired up intentionally in a marriage, oftentimes you really are passionate about the same thing. So now you have two justice types ready to roll on something they both love. But if it's that eight, nine, because the nine doesn't feel heard and because the eight can move so quickly, like you said with your husband, like, let's just do this. Sometimes the resentment can grow for that nine. Mm. Like, uh oh, you're pushing ahead without me consenting or the eight feels like you're not doing anything. You're so slothful. I have to do it all. So this is what I run into with that pairing in particular. Mm, This is fascinating. I would, man, I would love to sit here and just like be like, all right, do a six and a five. Um, This would be fascinating. Um, Yeah, I I really love this. And I I think it is such a useful tool, like I said. And I think that this type of work is just really valuable. Um, I know, obviously, you agree with with that as well. And, um, And I think that this can be a really great starting point for couples to, you know, who maybe haven't been to counseling or anything like that, to begin to together do some work. Um, and kind of maybe even dip their toe in to something like this to just, uh, you know, I'm always about how can I better understand, you know, mm. my husband and, you know, we're in our late thirties and he's about to be 40 and, he, you know, I, I want to be pushing a hundred and still be married and, and have that be, um, a testimony to our, our love and our marriage. I'm in this for the long haul. He's in this for the long haul. And so when you see marriage as a marathon, not a sprint and, um, you know, every single day and every single week and every single month, like I'm always thinking about what is a unique way in which I can grow in my marriage, you know, this week, whether it is, you know, whether we're doing something fun on a date, whether it's something related to intimacy, whether it is something um, related to our parenting. Um, I think that your growth in that is, is so, so important. Um, man, I feel like you could probably do a whole co- conversation too on ha- Enneagram types in marriage handle intimacy. That would be fascinating. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> be, yes, we do those. I would be fascinated by that. Um, maybe that oh, would yes. be a little too spicy for this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Um, maybe we can do some bonus content sometime. That would be real fun. I would get into it. Okay. Well, I know we are running out of time. Um, and man, I, this has like flown by. I love this conversation. Krista, I think you're um, brilliant. And um, But before we go, um, what is sort of your maybe words of wisdom, your last you know, kind of thought or encouragement for people that again, you know, are either kind of brand new to this or you know, really just, just wanting to learn more. Mm, I love that. I think that I come in a little bit skeptically, so I love to sit with things. So don't feel like you have to put this on. I would recommend you explore at my website, enneagramandmarriage.com. I have a freebie just outright. You don't have to invest money in. You can go ahead and look at all the types, sit with it, or take a test at truity.com. Sit with it for a while. Let yourself just 
really allow yourself to see, is this really who I am when you look at the types versus trying to just get on a bandwagon? Mm. Because I think once you find out, oh yes, this does correspond with my gift and this does correspond with my greatest fear, then you can do some powerful work in your own life. And you don't want to just look at it and like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Because sometimes that happens to people where they're like, yeah, you found me out. I'm just a counterfeit or anything like that. Like try to see it as this is a growth piece for me and there's beautiful things about me. And then there's things that have been hurting in my life. And so give yourself grace, but also give yourself some truth and let your spouse see these little corners you're discovering and say like something I'm learning is that it might be that you sometimes feel like if I'm in that three space, that I can deceive myself and you sometimes because maybe I'm just putting on a mask or Mm. you see me in that four space and I'm an artist and a creative, but I'm realizing how much time I spend in melancholy. Is this something you see about me too? So just starting some generous conversations. What I just want to really quick remind everyone not to do is to run at your spouse, start labeling them, start saying you're only (laughs) a five, you're only a one. I can't believe it. And uh, it's okay if you've done that before, but try to allow for more humanity. Just like we say, when somebody has a disability or a mental health diagnosis, use person first language, um, show lots of love and grace. As you said, marriage is a marathon not a sprint. And then I would say, keep taking your date nights each week. Cause even when Wes and I were in that stage where we didn't have our, uh, you know, we, we were trying to be godly, but we didn't have our Enneagram deeper dive learning. We really did survive fairly well, just taking the quality time each week. So that's my tip for those who have like, I'm sure a lot of your audience has little kids. You need the time together. You can't grow a marriage without that time. Right. Right. Oh, so good. So, 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 so good. All right. Real quick. What are you and your husband? I'm a seven wing six and he's a one wing two. Love it. I love it. A oh, man. Yeah. I, we could dive so deep into this. Um, Krista, this has been fascinating. This has been so enlightening. I'm so excited about this book. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Um, so like I said, for the listeners, October 13th is when it come out. Third. Third. Actually, yes. I, I knew there was a three in there. Um, October <laughs> yes. 3rd, the book comes out. Pre-order it now. And um, and for people that don't know, when you pre-order a book on Amazon or whatever, you, it doesn't charge you till it ships. So, you know, you can just do it. And then that way you're not even thinking about it. And then it just shows up yes, on your doorstep. Yes, and they have bonuses too. I have a small group guide for leaders. A find your bedroom glow if you want that little bit of spice. A Ooh, guide to love it. You get some bonuses. You get a free audiobook from Christian Audiobook. So there are some great bonuses if you pre-order. Love it. I want some bedroom glow. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, spicy, spicy. Um, Krista, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thank you, Molly. This has been so much fun. And I am so glad we were able to laugh true to your podcast name. This has been a blast. Yes. Amen. I hope you loved this conversation with Krista. I learned so much. I hope you learned something. Will you let me know on social media? You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Can I Laugh Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And would you take a moment to click the follow, subscribe button? And would you take a moment to leave a review? Because leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how this show is personally impacting you. Thank you as always for tuning in and thank you for your support. Thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing the show. And for you, I hope something this week makes you laugh till you cry. We'll see you next week. Bye.